11 and 2, 31 to 21, top 10 in everything that matters. God, it feels good to be a Spartan. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by your favorite saber raging Slenderman, <laughs> Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? Guys, I am a saber raging right now. Plum, will you explain to our Philistine host here what, what Un- you wrote for him? Uncultured swine. It's oh my God, sabraging. It's Please. Michael. Cannot be bothered. Uh, that voice, of course, uh, sounding like he might be using a microphone for the first time. Our <laughs> quarantine kid himself, Alex Plum. Plum, are you feeling peachy? Feeling peachy. Feeling great. Just feeling bigly. After that beautiful win today. The COVID in, was lifted straight from you. It was, I mean, listen, I might as well go cough in children's faces. Mouths even. Straight into them. Straight into uh, them. Thank you folks for listening. Uh, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Greg, what's the structure of today's show? Well, first we explain to you what sabraging is. Uh, sure, so- Natch. Anyone that was that's been on our uh, Instagram knows that my New Year's Eve was spent taking a sword and using it to pop bottles of champagne prosecco. Really, truly. Um, so go check that out. It's on uh, on the social media. Mm. Uh, Paul, what's the history of that? It's like it's from like Napoleon's army in France or something, right? The, Let's go with that. I like that. Sure. <laughs> there we are. Uh, also. Uh, I made Bellinis for the Peach Bowl. I got to tell you, underwhelming. Oh. Not that great. Not that great. And I already knew that because I've been informed that I've had Bellinis in Italy and they didn't stick with me. So uh, clearly not a Bellini guy over here. Um, so a lot of alcohol consumed this week. Anyway, what's important is we're going to start with the Green Wall, Peach Bowl in particular. Gentlemen, we have a... We have an 11 and two football team. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, then we're going to talk about basketball where there's a on paper top 10 team that is playing <laughs> in the green and white. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what we can take away from the last two games there, which still were wins. Uh, then we're going to go off grand river and not talk about anything at all because there are a number of games coming up as well. Nebraska uh, for basketball as well as a Michigan game. Uh, and then we'll take your Twitter questions. So a lot to talk about here. All right. Well, let's uh, not waste any time and get straight into it. Um, let's chat about that Peach Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. Michigan State wins 31-21, to 21, securing an 11th win for only the sixth time in school history um, in what uh, I would describe as a lot to work on game. Uh, what were, uh, you know, before we start getting into individual players, um, and maybe some key takeaways, uh, Plum, uh, what was your experience with the game? Um, on balance, I was calm and collected. Um, I didn't, I, I was, I was off, I was off the wall. I was insane. It wasn't healthy. I, I was a sick person, physically sick, mentally sick, or, 
I think um, you had va- you had validation though that other people felt that way too. Mm-hmm. I think that was the most important thing. I wasn't the only one who tweeted out that Peyton should be benched. I believe the upper deck jerk guy did as well. Um, he had the uh, pride of of personhood to keep that tweet up while I deleted mine after. <laughs> <laughs> In the light of a new day, you went back and no, scrubbed social in media. in real time. I don't think I had it up there longer than – you guys copy or screenshot it faster than I could take it down because I got it from Shartvert and from um, uh, John. Uh, so I, I got it. I got it pretty good. I got it pretty good. And I, so and here, I deserve it. Uh, here's the truth, though. That game was as close as it was because of the performance of Peyton Thorne. Yeah. Like, Plus and minus. Yes. Yeah, well, mostly minus. Um, <laughs> but you know, he doesn't throw that pick in the first half. That that offense is kind of rolling a little bit. I know for some reason Matt Coughlin just decided only to kick one field goal this game. But whatever. Um, I guess I he didn't glad. want to set the record too high for well, the next I, person. I, I was glad that he dicked it because that just required <laughs> us to go for it. I mean, it basically was like anytime you were in the red zone, it fuck did. it, we're yeah. not giving it to dumbass anymore. It did. It it really closed the door on that when he missed that that thirty three yard field goal. Um, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't cough up the ball for a fumble six, I mean, it doesn't. The game is not anywhere near as in doubt as it ended up being. Um, so, I I really I think Peyton Thorne needs to be a big subject of what we talk about here today. Well, so let's. Um... I mean, yeah, so we can get into him, but I, I you know, do we want to at least acknowledge then, because you sort of have said it um, indirectly anyway, Pitt scores 21 points, one off of a pick from, uh, uh, you know, Peyton Thorne, not a pick six, but they score off of that. And uh, and then the, the scoop and score on his fumble. So 14 of Pitt's 21 points come off of Peyton Thorne turnovers. Is it fair to say that the defense was good? in this game or are we not going to give any credit because of the third string quarterback? I think you can give the rush defense credit. I was very impressed with the defensive line in this game and the linebackers to a degree. Um, Blitz packages were exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, you have to acknowledge that for the, you know, the large port, large portion of this game, they were down to their third guy slinging the ball. Um, But you know, they had playmakers on offense, as we discussed when we uh, when we previewed the team, and those guys were held largely in check. And and as they kept calling out on the broadcast, you know, there are things that you can do to get your Blinknikoff winning wide receiver involved in the general game. And when he touched the ball, save for that one that one pass that he he got like 40 yards on after the catch. Um he was he was kept pretty much in check. Yeah, Kevin, um, I'm looking at his stat line right now. He had seven receptions for 114 yards. 52 of them came on that one catch. Mm-hmm. Now, you you would be fair to say, well, you can't ignore the one catch, right? Like, yeah. But uh, but still, that that's that's shutting a guy down who uh, otherwise shutting a guy down who was who is a huge difference maker. So, yeah. Uh, so basically Pitt does nothing on offense in the second half. Um, I think they had two first downs before their final drive of the game, which of course ended in a pick six for Cal holiday. 
Um, so th- I think there are some things that you can look at on defense for this team um, that are still net positives. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, and and a defense that was not playing with uh, it's Cal Halliday was obviously playing, but uh, you know was missing Quiveris Crouch, who had started most of the season uh, at linebacker, and who, contrary to Twitter rumors, I understand was there with the team on the field, um, not in uniform, but traveled. Is that yeah, correct? It sounds like I believe it was injury related. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. that's why he wasn't there. Um, so. So, yeah, I, I think maybe we can kind of leave it there. I, I, if we're we're going to shout out one other person on defense, um, Brandon Wright, who, I mean, I don't know that I noticed him play a snap all season, um, is a converted running back to defensive mm-hmm. end and came off the edge twice and delivered huge hits. Um, I, I, I mean, I want to call out the performance, but I do think that as we talk about some of the folks who are coming into the team, who are supposed to be big edge presence guys. I think in this game, you started to see a little bit more of what the defense maybe aspires to do from a pressure perspective. Um, So uh, there's that, but let's uh, let's turn back to the offense and uh, you know, missing Ken Walker. um, There were questions about our ability to run. Now Pitt had a top flight run defense holding teams to 2.6 yards per carry over the season. Somehow Michigan State came in at, I think, 1.6. Came in on the under of that (laughs) in 36 (laughs) attempts. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Let's uh, discuss. Plum. uh, Simmons was not good. He was very, very not good in this game. And Jay Johnson refused to acknowledge that until there were about four minutes left in the game. Yeah, it feels like against a run defense that good that sometimes you need to throw a little bit more to free up the run game. I mean, Peyton Thorne did have 50 pass attempts. Uh, Yeah, I think 19 of them were in the last 10 minutes of the game. Okay, fair. (laughs) But at at the end of the game, the ratio definitely, definitely favored pass attempts over rushing attempts for sure but it uh, just were... took, my, my point is just how long it took us to get there when it was abundantly clear to anyone that was watching that giving it to simmons that many fucking times in a row was not getting us anywhere and it was infuriating to watch him fail to the, find hole after hole after hole i mean it was just the play calling felt stale that first half really stale or or overly cute it was one or the other yeah the play calling at the end of the first half when they they had the opportunity to really just bury pit and make the second half entirely irrelevant was just too clever by half as uh as we discussed in our in our individual chat um what does this say though do you think about the coaching staff's evaluation of the running backs that jordan simmons has such Tough sledding, but gets more than twice as many attempts than the other backs combined. Uh, Eli Collins only got six attempts. Uh, Harold Joyner only got two. Uh, Connor Hayward only took one handoff. Um, what I mean, I, what so are we supposed to take of that? I, particularly when, you know, for better or for worse, like, uh, I mean, it, I, I know it's a little bit tough to say, but both Joyner and Collins were averaging more yards per carry. Um, I was disappointed to see Eli didn't get more run. 
And frankly, you know, it's not as if Harold Joyner hasn't been playing this season. Mm-hmm. He's been a third down back for us in clear passing situations. And it's and it's very obvious that he can do some unique things for this team. I, I don't know why he doesn't get more than two touches. Well, he tried to do a unique thing for this team. He, there was that wildcat attempt. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah, that's yeah. not I'm not putting that on him. Cute. I, I'm not putting that on him. I mean, uh, it might be. It might be part. Uh, maybe his cadence of trying to snap the ball was what caused that that offsides. Or I don't know. Well, so we couldn't run the ball, um, which I, you know, I I'll just revisit this for one moment. But it is shameful that people who cover this team knew that the offensive line was far from great and that Kenneth Walker didn't get your first place vote is baffling to me but <laughs> um and uh anyway the uh and I've actually thought a lot about Graham's article on this I'll just say as a quick aside I would really like to revisit that conversation because there are so many Heisman voters I think you should have local bias I think that's okay and a good thing but anyway um so we couldn't run the ball but the other thing we couldn't do is seemingly snap the ball without a penalty. Um, the the false starts really seemed to rear their head when it mattered. Yes, um, the false starts. How many were there total? Like four, five? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it it wasn't. They were drive killers. They, you know, it wasn't. The, it wasn't that they were in themselves bad. Yeah, if you look at the team stats for for penalties, they're actually not that bad at all. But it just it like I agree with you. It seems like they happen at the worst times. Mm-hmm. You push you out of field goal range, set you behind the sticks. Yeah, I mean it was just all really bad. Um, but Plum, let's talk about Thorn because I. It seemed like he was throwing quite a bit behind his receivers. Um, well, even that incredible catch by uh, Jalen Naylor was both behind him in that it was short and behind him in that it was the other side of his body. Well, and Hayward too. I mean, Hayward somehow did like a triple axle to to catch that thing (laughs) over a guy, but you can see he's like, his back is completely arched when he makes contact with it. So no, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and Tucker sort of said that, you know, he's like, you know, it took him a while. Um, he kept saying to get his feet right. And, you know, he was, I mean, they were saying it was because, you know, this is a Narduzzi defense and, we know that this, the pass rush and all that, it's just what they're known for. It's what they were very good at all season. They came hard. Uh, a lot of their guys, you know, they didn't lose. They were starting. They were playing still. So um, so I think that pressure got to to Thorne in a way that I, I, I don't know it's like what you've not seen that all season. What, what, how, how harried? I mean, they, are they the best pass rush defense in the, in the country? I don't. I don't think so, right? Statistically, so, they're one of the better ones. That's for sure. And that's and that's good, but we've played Michigan. We played Ohio State. We played, you know, we played very good teams. So this, I, I don't know if it was lack of practice. I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was, but he was decidedly not very good and, and he didn't really get back into his rhythm. You know, he was good initially out of the gate and then he didn't really find his rhythm again until the fourth quarter. And that's, again, it was difficult to watch. And some of that, you know, a couple of the passes were where they needed to be and guys dropped them. You know, there were some big ones that Naylor should have kept his hands on. Naylor mm-hmm. dropped at least two, maybe a third that, that he really had no business dropping. Um, I, I thought he's another one that that looked rusty. And, you know, this is his, he hadn't been with the team the last four games. 
Yeah. So there's something to be said for the delay. There's something to be said for the number of weeks out. Um, but credit, you know, to, to Pitt, they, they put pressure on him when they figured out it was working, they let Thorne have it. And he looked, he looked JV, man. He did not look good. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this felt as bad as the Nebraska game, maybe worse in terms of his, his performance. But, um, I think if we want to shift away from being critical of a team that did get a W, um, and by a good number of points, um, you know, Thorne uh, and this team, I think it's fair to say, has shown a mental resilience that as we look back on the season, I, I, I don't think you can ignore. I mean, obviously, they just got stomped by Ohio State and, and mm-hmm. not going to pretend that didn't happen. But this team trailed plenty of times during the season or was in really tight games and was not necessarily producing on offense and, you know, not to just regurgitated metalism but they kept chopping um and it and i think that that sort of thorn is both somehow a gamer and just uh you know a a dude who who is not going to get rattled by anything um you you don't see heroics out of him in the sense that he you know like a he feels like he's got to put the the team on his shoulders but you see the heroics in that he just doesn't quit um, yeah. I mean, we all are familiar with the the international mega hit film franchise about espionage and spycraft and those types of things. And in Fast and the Furious 1, Vin Diesel <laughs> says uh, that if you ask any real racer, you know, winning is winning. And that is what this team did at yeah. the end of the at the end of the day. And it's what you want from a program, really. Yes. This you was a big want, program W. Yep. You want a program that wins the games that it's supposed to win. And then it reaches up and grabs some that it's not. Uh, and that was what the program was with Mark D'Antonio when he was really clicking. And that's what we're seeing with, with uh, Mel Tucker in year yeah. two. Um, so a couple other things um, related to Mel Tucker in year two. Um, it was Mel Tucker's first Gatorade bath. And, uh, I, you know, I think that's a cute way of saying it's easy to forget how many excellent assistant coaches and coordinators become head coaches and mm-hmm. don't do what Mel Tucker did today. Right. That, you know, don't, there are plenty of coaches that are considered good that have never won a New Year's Six Bowl. Sure. And so, you know, to Jim get Harbaugh that in. One of them. <laughs> Thanks for saying the quiet part out loud, Plum. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, dogging on Harbaugh aside, the it's I I think that there's there is truly something to first time on this stage as the guy, and and he he got a team through an ugly victory. That's some of that's just coaching. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, I, uh, oh, a couple other people we need to celebrate. Matt Coughlin, uh, overall uh, highest point scorer in Michigan State history. That's a big deal. Congrats, Matt, on your sixth year. Um, but I think maybe person who, s- who was slept on a little bit was uh, Stephen Rusnak, the, who was doing the kickoffs for us. Um, 
had that freakish kick to start the game. Yeah, what a way to start a Peach Bowl, huh? That was wild. And then iced the game with an incredible kick. I was proud of our coverage team there as well, being really heads up and playing the ball and Mm -hmm. just, uh, that was really well done. Uh, When special teams does the wrong thing, we tend to rip its head off, uh, but we need to give it credit where it's due as well. Yeah. So Ross Ells, I blame you for the false starts, but uh, uh, you did good on on special teams this week. Uh, what else stood out to you guys from this game? Uh, any any other takeaways that um, that seem important? No, I, I think looking forward there, I, I think we might have Twitter questions about the future of the program or or next year in particular. I think there are a lot of things to be optimistic about with this team especially if the wide receiver core is widely going to remain intact from what we've seen this season. Um, Peyton Thorne had, I think it's fair to say a game that was below his average and they still produced points. They still won the game and there was a lot to be encouraged by on the defensive side of the ball as well. So am I saying there's going to be an 11 win season next year as well? Uh, No, I'm not there yet. Um, but, uh, but I think there's things to be optimistic about for right now. Plum, anything else stood out to you about the game? Um, yeah, I'll just, you know, I promised the uh, folks on Twitter that I would be leading the charge on attacking the referees. And I do feel like I have to be good to my word on this. You know, you get the W, so it feels like, oh, okay, well, you know, bygones are bygones. But um, oh, I, I totally blanked on, yeah, I blocked this out. So, yes, two huge messed up calls. Go ahead. Well, and I'm, I'm not going to probably get into the details of them because, I mean, those guys are already living in the midst of it. There was a, a very blatant and obvious and un, just can't even question the uh, the um, uh, pass interference call that, that was not called. And then when he actually got the touchdown, you could see the uh, – sideline judge throwing the flag like as softly underhanded as he could on the makeup um he was going to give that makeup anyway i mean mel tucker almost came on i think he did come onto the field to scream at the referee on that um this is the biggest game of these guys careers i don't know who they were but i knew it was going to be bad from the beginning when the referee's microphone was not properly articulating his voice what they hear in the stadium is what we get it at home it's the same feed so if we're not getting it at home, it means that he's cutting out somewhere in the stadium. And that's on them to be fixing in real time. That The reason that they have that announcement. And you think that's, well, that's just we're nitpicking or we're, we're pulling things apart. But no, at the end of the day, the optics matter as much as anything else. Your ability, your integrity, your um, how, you, how you appear, how you look, how you're communicating, all of that, it's all part of a professional package. And these guys are professionals at this level. This is they're from the Pac-12. They're not professionals. Well, <laughs> I, I was going to ask if you guys knew. I didn't know what conference they were from, and and that does explain some of it. Um, <laughs> it does. I mean, objectively, it does. I I don't know if it's the lack of competition. I don't know what it is. They were not prepared. They didn't look good. Um, there were too many huddles. There were too many questions, and you know, I mean, it was. Um, it was bad. It was bad. And, and it was, it was embarrassing. It was something that they probably did not get rated very well for. I would be surprised if that crew is getting another postseason um, bid. There are a lot of crews that work together across this country representing, um, pa- uh, you know, power five and other division one programs. Obviously the power five ones are the ones, those crews are the guys getting these big plum assignments, but, 
But if that's one of the best crews, and it probably was one of the best crews available to work these games across the country, that's a pretty huge indictment because they were bad. They were very bad. Yeah, the other two that that got biffed were uh, Joe, uh, not Joe Bocci, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Who's the other linebacker? Help me out. Someone. Other than Cal? Yeah. Continue. Just go. <sighs> Man, this is really going to bug me. Uh, not Joe Bocci. He replaced Joe Bocci when Joe Bocci got suspended. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Noah Harvey. Noah Harvey uh, had a, uh, a strip. Oh, God, that's embarrassing. Bumble. Sorry, Noah. Yeah, that was real bad. Sorry, Noah's real bad. bad. <laughs> uh, but Noah Harvey had a strip fumble that uh, they they just said was not a fumble. Um, and then uh, Connor Hayward uh, got called out of bounds when he was not even remotely out it. of bounds. Yeah, the out of bounds call. And, you know, the thing with those are you you typically, you if it's close, you don't whistle it. If it's close, you don't whistle it because you can always bring it back. You can yeah. drop the beanbag and you can bring it back. But as soon as you blow that whistle, you can't come back. And that's what I mean about professionalism. It's those small things that you have on the biggest stage. You have to get those small things right. And when you don't, that has to come with the appropriate penalties. I got fucked on a number of things as a referee over the years when you get you get big things wrong. Um, that you pay for that. And so I just take comfort in knowing that those guys paid for it. And uh, it'll be good knowing that, you know, that was their chance to shine and they fucked it. So good for that. Well, uh, this will not be the last time that you hear ire about the officials on this podcast, nope. but we'll get to it later. I was going to say, uh, save some of that bile, my man. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, next year's weapon to return Bryce Berenger had an excellent game, mm. uh, three punts, 138 yards, average 46 with a long of 53, two inside the 20, one that was over 50 yards. Great game. And the reason I bring up Bryce is because he's coming back. Uh, and so that is an okay transition for us to, um, talk about people who may or may not be coming back. Well, um, Jarvis, we'll start there because that's yeah. not speculation. Uh, Kevin Jarvis is offensive tackle slash guard taking his talents, to the NFL. And this is a loss because that's a Good position for him. group that needs some help. Yes. But I mean, it worth celebrating. Good for mm-hmm. him. Uh, but he had an extra year of COVID and, and I get it. You know, it, I mean, it, it truly, it, it's a certain guy who would take a sixth year at this point in time. Um, mm-hmm. and so good for Kevin, but yeah, I, I you know, I, that's a that's a portal job to be watching. Um, but Jalen Reed is uh, uh, or Jaden Reed, sorry, is is the the player to watch. the The team tweeted out earlier today that he'd be back, and within moments deleted the tweet. Um, that's uh, that'd be nothing short of a massive get for this team if he was coming back. Yeah, I think. We kind of acknowledge that maybe the NFL measurements aren't quite there for Jaden Reed, but he's a huge weapon for this team. Uh, And to have him back for next year, to have that wide receiver core intact. And then, you know, there just seems to be, he just seems to jive with Peyton Thorne so well. I I don't know if anyone's ever looked into why Why? that might be. Um, It would be great for this team to have him back next season especially as they kind of figure out what's going on in the running back uh, position. Yeah. I mean, you know, because uh, at that point in time, you, you have uh, uh, Reed Naylor potentially coming back as well. 
Trey Mosley put together an excellent year. And I think we'll probably maybe do a little bit of a, we can look back on, on some folks stats over the season later on, on a different episode. But I mean, Trey Mosley had a great year. Um, behind those guys, you have Montori Foster who had a great year in, in the, in the snaps he had, um, you know, Keon Coleman, people still expect things out of. And, mm-hmm. and I think he had, uh, how many catches did he have? Two for 20 yards uh, in, in the, in the bowl game. Um, and then you've got some talent coming in on the freshman side of things that, that you have reasons to be optimistic about that room. So, um, it, you know, we'll see what Jalen Berger is as a running back, but like we could be looking at a very different offense next year. Um, so huge if he comes back. Uh, but again, the tweet was deleted. So TBD on what that we'll means. see. We'll know by yeah. next week. Uh, do we want to say anything else? Do we want to hear from our sponsor? Do we want to talk basketball? Let's hear from the sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. Uh, let's gentlemen move over to the shooty hoops as we've transitioned fully into basketball season at this Mm -hmm. point in time. Um, and we'll start with, um, a team that we definitely called out was coached by Tubby Smith last week. Uh, in in High Point University, uh, MSU wins at the Breslin, eighty one to sixty eight. Um, an interesting game in that MSU trailed at the half and yeah. was down. Uh, Marcus Bingham Jr., Max Christie, and Pierre Brooks due to COVID protocols. That's so not been- all. Stevie oh, yeah. Izzo was also out. That's true. That's true. And Davis Smith, who ended up playing, was a. Uh, was a maybe coming into it. So interesting. Um, Maybes. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I think his timeline was a little bit different. So that, that tells me he's the super spreader. Um, but, uh, this one was bad. Uh, it, it is not the W you want against high point. Especially when one considers that, uh, Kentucky waxed them in their next game, just annihilated them. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say high point doing two quad one games back to back with one day of rest. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna say we we loosened the jar on that one. Sure, that's what we did. Well, um, in that in that first half, uh, the the defense, which had been the rock of this team, kind of fell apart a little bit. High point, I think, was shooting over fifty percent from three in the first half, and it wasn't like a super fluke. Like they were creating shots and and making them um yeah you know some guys got called up you know to fill those holes that we were talking about jade nakins had to take a bigger role he started making some of the freshman type of mistakes that you would expect um you know our friend mari sissoko had to play a bigger role i think we can probably say that given his performance in this game, he's probably out of the rotation for, for big 10 play uh, unless uh, injury or foul, uh, you know, which my God type stuff, you know, brings him down today. But yeah, Mati Sissoko was negative six on the game. Yeah. That sounds better than I would have expected. Um, the other two things that we're kind of seeing in this game, 
Um, and then now it's starting to bleed a little bit more into the Northwestern game as well is our friend Joseph Hauser kind of finding his role more and more on this team. You know, he's trending upward. And then unfortunately, Tyson Walker, who we kind of thought was really coming into his own as point guard, uh, kind of not great. Kind of not yeah. great in this game. Um, yeah, so let's, I, I, I think I want to focus on, I think those are great points. Like, I want to talk about the center play. I want to talk about Joey Hauser. I want to talk about Tyson Walker and a, a tiny bit about COVID there. Because, um, first of all, yeah, Joey, awesome. Plus 17 in that game. He's and passed the ball so well. Uh, ended with three assists, no turnovers, 11 boards, 17 points. A du- I mean, a double, a great double-double from Joey Hauser. Looked incredible. Um, and that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. But the center play, I think the the problem isn't just Mati Sissoko, who is n- not good um, now. Like, I, I mean, he missed dunks in this game. <laughs> That was brutal. There were a couple times where he just got the ball right under the hoop and, and and like what was supposed to be an oops. And he brought it right back down and then like paused. It it was just, it was really disappointing. Yeah. uh, But it's, it's the defense. And so, you know, Madi, you know, I'm not making excuses because it's year two, but Madi hasn't been playing basketball as long as Julius Marble has. And both of these guys, look like they've never defended a pick and roll at Michigan state ever. And, and it happened in marble with marble at the Northwestern game too. So this isn't, wasn't just a fluke getting lost on the pick and roll. I mean, because Marcus Bingham can't play 30 minutes a game. So these guys got to step up. If high point can run a pick and roll on you, we got problems. Um, and that, that to me was, was alarming, um, about this game, but Tyson Walker, I think is, is maybe the big, uh, oh, in all of this, uh, one for five from the field, one for two from behind the arc. He, he did hit a big three pointer late in that game. One for two from the charity stripe plum. So, you know, there you go. Uh, but three assists, two turnovers, uh, and four points. And and bad defensively. I mean, a guy who's 5'8 and has hit 1-3 all season lit us up for, f- I think, five three-pointers? Zach Austin? Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. It was three three-pointers. No, no, no. No, no. Four. Sorry. It's Bryson Childress and four three-pointers. Went four for five from behind the arc. Dude was shooting 2% on the season. 2%? Like point zero two. I might be slightly exaggerating, but it's, it was it it was bad. It, like it, I mean, I'm telling you, man. Like it was it was bad. Um, that that guy shouldn't have made four. There's no world in which he should have made that many free throws, or I'm sorry, three pointers. So, um, and looks like a goober too. Just, uh, yeah, he. <laughs> Yeah, prior to that, uh, had had been shooting zero percent, zero percent from three point land. That's what you want. That's so. what you want. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, not a lot to be excited about from that high point game. Um, now you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because of the weird, uh, lineups that had to be played, but let's move on now to the Northwestern game. Um, which was earlier today. We're recording Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And do we want to call it a basketball game? It was there's one of these or two of these every season where it's just a truly unwatchable product. Um, there were like 50 fouls whistled in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And uh, I think, was it 49 in the game or 49 in the second half? <laughs> it might've been 49 in the second half. I have no, I, I have no concept. I, really the indicator is when the Penn state Indiana game already started with three (laughs) minutes to play. (laughs) And that's a game that was meant to start after the end of our game. And then they go to the studio to talk about it. And then they go to, to out to happy Valley. Um, Just truly, truly awful game. And the worst part in all of this is that it's a solid big 10 road win. It's a quad one win that this team should be happy to have, but just getting the taste of that out of your mouth is impossible. Like, it's un... If you aren't a fan of Northwestern, and I'm seeing that there were 4,000 people at Welsh Ryan for this game, so who knows how many of those there are. Uh, <laughs> if you're not a fan of Northwestern or Michigan State, how in the world... Do you force yourself to watch a game like that? Well, like, you don't. You you mm. stab yourself in both eyes repeatedly with something blunt. Right. <laughs> yes. Maybe like a drink muddler. Yeah. The other worst part is that I had to start liking Robbie Hummel for just actively complaining about the officiating during the broadcast. Yeah. And I was in the zone during part of the baby boilers. I don't want to like Robbie Hummel right. under any circumstances. So I, it was bad. I mean, let's, let's break down some of the guys on this because there was some things to like, and then there was a lot not to like. And the first name that comes to mind of guys not to like today, and I will get to appreciating Joey Hauser. Just let me ease into it. Is Tyson Walker in the first half. He attempted one shot and had one assist. That's it. In a game like this, if the kid is going to be the starting point guard, we need something more. He made some critical passes. I'm not saying he didn't, but you have got to be better rounded than able to effectively make some passes. You know, Twitter was trending very early in the game and like, this is a defensive player of the year effort here. My ass. Tyson Walker was not good today, and he was worse against High Point. So... There's something that's not clicking with him, and 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 I, you know, I mean, he's young. I get it, and he's got to click in, but uh, sluggish. I don't know. The whole team looked sluggish that first half. I mean, truly was terrible. But uh, he w- he was not better against High Point. He was zero for five today with four assists, one turnover. Yeah. It just and he, you know, he had some stupid. When he got his fourth foul with like five or six minutes left, I, I wish it had come earlier. And with forty nine fouls, frankly, I don't know how it didn't come earlier. <laughs> um, but my God, and he was so upset with himself. But you know, he's 
he's responsible for several of the turnovers. I don't have the box score up. You could probably look quicker than I could. Just um, one turnover. Oh, just one. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm thinking the one Christie. Someone passed it right out of bounds, right into the fucking thing. It, it just it was a it was bad. So I don't know if you guys have any more insight on, on what is going on with him. Um, but uh, we can go to someone else. But my God, that was yeah. Oh, for five from the floor today um, in 21 minutes. It, I, I didn't realize like, he shot that many that much. Honestly, zero point? I mean, just come on. I don't know why I didn't. I mean, again, in 21 minutes, you'd think, you know, but I guess when the following got really bad, he, he was already kind of out. So he didn't have the opportunity to go to the charity strike. Thank God he would have, I'm sure, lost more points there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he did end up playing more minutes than AJ Hogard. And we, we kind of thought that that was a permanent switch that we would be seeing that for the rest of the season, but uh, they started to converge a little bit again, but. I'm sure. Some of that was foul trouble. Yeah. Um, can we talk about, well, the other negative thing is Malik Hall. Um, I thought maybe we were starting to see a more consistent type of Malik Hall. And now we've got a couple games here where, um, we're not seeing consistently contributing Malik Hall, uh, relatively poor from the field, relatively poor on defense as well. Uh, that was discouraging. Um, but we can talk about the positives. Um, you know, Joey Hauser tr- continuing to trend up. Uh, Max Christie, you know, not great from the floor, um, but hit a couple three point shots. Uh, put in the most minutes on the team, right? 34 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Um, 11 points, seven boards. Really good on defense as well. Continues to really, really contribute on the defensive side of the board. And then the two guys that sort of won the game for us, Marcus Bingham and Gabe Brown. Um, I, I had a moment yelling at the broadcasters where they were like, there's not a guy on this team. And that's the critique that we had at the beginning of the season. There's no one guy to go to and it's Gabe, you know, particularly in the second half of this game. It was Gabe. It was Gabe. And it was the second half of the the high point game too. It was Gabe. Mm -hmm. And, and, but I also, I've been thinking a lot about that sort of, is there an alpha narrative? And I don't know that I care. Like, even if it wasn't Gabe, I mean, that, that there are enough people on this team who can score that, you know, to, to borrow from football, like you ride the hot hand in the, in the moment that it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's been Gabe and I hope it continues to be Gabe, but like, I don't care if it's Gabe. I don't care if it's Max Christie later or Joey Hauser at some point in time. Like, and if you need, I mean, at one point in time, it was supposed to be Marcus Bingham, but Tyson Walker ended up taking the shot. Like, I just, I think that's an overblown narrative. Um, I think the reason that that comes into play is times like what we saw in the first half where the team goes into a major scoring drought and it's like, who's going to rev this team up? Who's going to, who's going to yank the chain on the engine on this thing? You know who it was in this game though? I think it was Max Christie. Mm. We come out of that half and Max Christie was the spark that started that all up. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and I, you know, I think a lot was made about not having Marcus Bingham. And I already complained about the, the, the defense from the five position in the, the high point game. I think mix missing Max Christie is a bigger deal than anything else because of his, his length 
and and ability to disrupt the perimeter. I mean, you're, the plus minuses don't really lie, and that the dude's not shooting what we thought he'd be shooting, and he's no. still invaluable to this team. There's a reason he has the most minutes. The most per minutes game. on the team, yeah. Um, all we should make sure we talk about Bingham though. He had a huge, yes. huge game. Um, that huge block, scare two, with that uh, that knee injury for a minute. Yes, that things. was terrifying. <laughs> um, played 24 minutes, which is getting it, it's in, his minutes are increasing, and apparently his conditioning is such that we can do that, and we'd like to see them continue that that upward trend. But if we can get to 28 with him, I think that's great. 50% from the field um, took one three point shot that didn't result in him getting yanked. So it, it looked it like was, it was within the offense. So maybe it looked like it was designed even. Yeah. So maybe that's something that's coming back. Um, and then, you know, nine boards, uh, this team was getting destroyed in the first half by Northwestern on the boards. And that was the biggest, I think, single change between the two halves was, getting after the glass and then using that to to move into transition the difference between this this team operating in the half court and operating in the fast break is substantial so anytime you can get a board and you can start pushing that ball up the floor it's huge and when you have a guy you know joey hauser also with nine boards but when you had a guy like marcus kind of come alive in the second half and, and start grabbing those and really improve that one stat you know, obviously resulted in uh, in a way higher net positive outcome. So, um, though it is worth at least pointing out anyway that Northwestern still yanked fifteen offensive boards down to Michigan State's nine. Um, sure. It was still a poor rebounding outing for Michigan State. Only Got plus one. Got to do better. Got to do better. Um, in terms of though. The team overall, you know, what we saw, the product on the floor today was not a top 10 team. I think it's fair to say. But like we've talked about, there are so many positive things that have been happening for this team in pockets that if this thing can come together, and it doesn't have to be everything, you know, it doesn't have to be that Jaden Akins comes alive and and demands 21 minutes a game. It doesn't have to be that Joey Hauser becomes like a three point assassin. Yeah. It is just, if all of these guys can be 80% of their potential, and then a few of these guys really find their role or Max Christie really starts to find a shot, whatever it is. I mean, this is a team that could be in that regional final in the NCAA tournament. There's no doubt in my mind. For sure. I I mean, it's, we also didn't talk about that. You can't ignore the long break and some teams pop out better from a long break. Some teams don't. Northwestern was one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and you can't ignore that three guys had COVID and that that's not just in one game. You didn't have three guys. That's practice that you didn't have those three guys. Yeah. And, and so, that's, and that's right. I mean, that's, I'm, I think we should have to acknowledge that. And I'm, uh, we can give some grace to some of that. And I'm, I'm happy with that. Those one-offs, but there's another thing that hasn't gotten better. In fact, it's consistently gotten worse. It's turnovers. Well, it was really bad this game. 
I mean, yeah. but it's been bad all season. 15 today, and not only 15, but but Northwestern scored 17 points on turnovers today. You know, that yeah. is that is striking. That's I, I mean, I didn't realize that. I mean, if Northwestern did a little bit better than that, they would have won. Right? And so, we only scored four off of their nine turnovers. Yes. Yes. So that that's what I'm saying. It's it it it's just it's bad. It's it's they're they're and they're largely they're today they were largely unforced. Yeah, there were a couple of Hogard turnovers that I and Christie. I, well, at least one of Christie's two was just a boner, just a, a bad read, and just passed it basically straight to Tom Izzo. Gabe had four. I mean, it, we are seeing so Hogard had three turnovers. Okay. Tyson Walker has clamped down on the turnovers. I will give Tyson Walker that because he and Hogard were turning the ball over a lot before. And so the only pushback I'll give is that you've seen improvement in some places, but you're not wrong. Like you can't, you can't be giving up a quarter of your possessions. When, when it's down to a couple play- I'd almost rather it would be, it was a couple players. If it's a couple players, then you can attribute it to nerves or something. This is a program issue. Every single yeah. player that had minutes today, with the exception of Jade Nakins, who was only on the court for 36 seconds. Um, 13 minutes. Fine. Had a, everyone but him had a turnover. To, everyone had a turnover today, at least one. And, I mean, Aikens yeah. had some plays that were affecting the turnovers. Well yeah. You know, and, and that's the point, right? So there's something up that there's something that's disconnected. And whether it's culture, I don't, whether it's age, if it's because there's still no natural leader who's coming to the fore, who's able to kind of clamp down. But if you're looking to Gabe Brown to be the leader and he's coming up with four turnovers today, that's not giving me a lot of confidence that the problem is going to be writing itself. If, 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 if the guy we need to be steadying the ship is so hurried and harried, this is what's coming. You know, that's, that's not, it's not boding well. So that, that's a concern in it. And like I say, I'm not, the directional arrow is not trending in, our, in the right direction. The other side is the blocks. Seven of them. Hey, yeah. Blocks, 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 blocks. And this team does a pretty good job at stealing the ball, too. Mm-hmm. Um, only five this game, but they've, they've been good historically at it. So. Yeah. The net of all of this is a team that's, that's better rounded. You know, at the beginning of the year, we saw a team that was way, way up there in the adjusted defense on Ken Palm. Um, that's come down to earth a little bit. It's 21. Um, but the offense has greatly improved. It's 22. So that sounds right for this team. Just uh, from the eye test, you know, I, I know that it's a top 10 team in the polls, but if I were, if I were a pollster, I would have it at like 12, 13, yeah. something like that. Um, so it's, Again, it's, a, it's still it's a progressing and developing team. I I suspect that defensive number climbs back, goes back up. I agree with that. I agree with that. That that, that high point uh, uh, W did a lot of work on the defensive numbers. Um, so yeah, reasons to be excited. Uh, and and I you know honestly, if you told me I was griping this much about a a Big Ten road win, um. I think that says a lot about what we think this team can be. And yeah, that's, that's reason to be encouraged. That's the thing you got to remember in all of this. This is an undefended, undefeated Big Ten team with two road wins already. Who came into the season unranked. Yeah. yeah. Multiple quad one wins at this point in time. Like, they already have a good tournament resume. <laughs> so, 
uh, yeah, good, good reasons to be excited. Um, before we preview some games, uh, I think maybe it's worth at least sharing with listeners who maybe didn't hear this, um, that MSU has announced a new, uh, COVID policy as it relates to all indoor events on campus, including of course, uh, athletic events, uh, which requires uh, proof of vaccination or a, a, a COVID test within 72 hours prior to attending the event. Uh, Plum, this is uh, a, a good cudgel, if nothing else. No, this is smart. This is great vaccine leadership. This is great COVID leadership. More institutions, uh, large gathering, any, any you know, entities like this where you could have spreader events, um, this should be mandatory. Airlines, another example. We don't see a lot of transmission, but hell, doesn't hurt with the number of uh, illnesses affecting pilots and the like. You know, proof of vaccination should be a requirement to to engage in society at this point, and shouldn't have to be government. This should be the private sector doing this. The private sector should want their employees to be safe. The private sector should want their employees to be able to, um, you know, come to work without fear of exposure. Um, they should care about efficiency. They should care about profit margin. All of that it goes in the favor of requiring vaccinations. They're safe. They're effective. They're widely available boosters as well. There's no way, there's no reason not to get one at this point. And, uh, and if you can't get one, um, or because you don't want to, you're unwilling to, you then fine, go, go live in your house. Uh, be like me, quarantine kid. Uh, don't get to go see the family. Don't get to go see anybody for Christmas or for new year's this year. Um, you know, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted. Um, I wear a mask. Um, I still got it, you know, that's regrettable and that's still happening because folks out there are not, um, are not, doing well, we the right know who things. to blame. We know who to blame. Yep. It's Joy Hauser. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And Michigan state also on a three week virtual pause. Uh, yeah, for you, you should go look at the, uh, Twitter announcement from the university on that. It's fun looking at the yeah. differing perspectives between the students and the uh, faculty and staff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's preview. We've got two basketball games, uh, before we'll record again, we have Nebraska and Michigan. Uh, Kevin, what can we expect? Well, Nebraska is not good. The, the mayor <laughs> is not putting a good product on the floor. Uh, out there at Nebraska, they're they're currently six and seven. They're under five hundred. They're Ken Palm one thirty eight. Um, can can I and, interject really quick because yeah. I took some time looking at Nebraska's schedule. Um, first of all, they played an exhibition game against Peru State, which <laughs> is not on Ken Palm. <laughs> Peru uh, State. Peru State. <laughs> I I kid you not. That's who their exhibition was against. Uh, but I wanted to call out. They played a game against Tennessee State. And the reason I want to call Tennessee State out is because I don't know who came around first, but if you told me LSU had sued them for copyright infringement, I would not be surprised because it is a tiger with LSU under it, but there's like just this little jut off of the LSU, the L to make it kind of a T, but like it's the LSU logo that straight up. Also, I didn't know Idaho State was a school, but anyway, continue. Sorry, their schedule has been garbage. And they're a garbage team, generally. Um, They're shooting 27% from three with way more attempts. Their free throw uh, shooting would would give Plum an aneurysm. Um, (laughs) Their rebounding is just terrible. And if you think MSU likes to turn the ball over, Nebraska's like, hold my beer. Am I right? That's what the kids say, right? Huh? Yeah. Hold my beer. Yeah. 
I mean, they're just they're a bad team. Um, so they've got some transfers. You know, Alonzo Verge uh, is a senior transfer from Arizona State. He was sixth man of the year last year. He's not doing anything for them. Um, Bryce McGowan. Points per game. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? They do have a a like a a, a diaper dandy uh, in 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 Bryce McGowan's um, who's averaging fifteen points. Um, he's a tall guard, right? That's sort of his thing. Yeah, um, first five star for Nebraska. So you know they're trying to do some stuff, but it is just not coming together. Um, anything in particular that we should talk about with this team other than they're not good. They're, 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 they're bad. I think this is a road game for us. Um, uh, um yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's at, it's at the Brez. I'm sorry. It is. It's at, okay. at the Brez. So get um, your, uh, get your vaccination cards and head on down to Breslin center. Watch and a, hopefully a bet the over. <laughs> yeah. Like, a, uh, is this going to be a quad five game? Yeah, might as well be. I, I, you know, I will say this. I, this is a game where you unfortunately need to embarrass Mr. Hoiberg. And I hope that Michigan State wins handedly in this. Uh, I think Michigan stomped them by quite a bit. Um, yes, 102 to 67. So Just I'd like to see something at Lincoln. At not, Lincoln. Not good. Not a good yeah. team. So, uh, yeah, and then we have uh, Michigan after that, yeah? So, um, I don't know if anyone out there has watched much Michigan basketball, but this um, this team has not met preseason expectations, huh? Mm. Uh, they're currently 7-5 no. and five with no good wins. They've basically lost all their games against any teams at the Pulse. There's one exception to that in San Diego State. Um, they're okay right now in the measurables. They're Kempom 21. They're right around where MSU is. But so a we, huge portion of that. Can, you, can we explain that? Does Kempom mean anything then? Because anyone, this doesn't, this doesn't pass the sniff test. How is it this Michigan team right now at that 7-5 and five and with the losses they've had? Kempom 21? Well, it's because there are a few things that that play into that one is that ken palm still is factoring in some of last season into its rankings hmm. so um torvik which is a similar sort of rating service without the preseason has them at 27 okay and they ken palm and torvik both work on tempo free stats so if you take their efficiency numbers and you put them across 100 possessions how many points would they score versus how many would they give up? And then you do like a, a whole thing. So if you've also played bad teams, that'll generally benefit you a little bit in, in the Ken Palm. So there are teams that just by virtue of their style of play and like Wisconsin back in the, in the bow days is a good example of this, that will just always look better in the tempo free stats just by virtue of, of their style of play. But, um, it's still a, a fair indication of, of how good a team is generally. So they, they turn the ball over a lot. Um, they are not great on defense and they have no real wins to point at. Like right now, this Michigan team is going from preseason ranked top five to a team that is not going to the tournament. 
at the moment. Which is why I think everyone should be concerned about going to Ann Arbor. Yeah. So the next thing that I would say about this is take everything that we just said and throw it out because we've all watched tons of Michigan, Michigan state games and none of the the records don't matter. The teams don't matter. The players don't matter. This is going to end up being a tight game in all likelihood. It's a maze out for them. In fact, Oh, the maze out of course, of course. Here's what I'll say though. This Michigan team is not the Michigan team of last year. Uh, All those guys that had them winning the big 10 and and advancing fairly far into the NCAA tournament, um, they gone. Uh, And Dickinson does not a whole team make. In fact, I don't even know if he's all big 10 at this point um, in this season, much less preseason all American. So it's a, it's a team that is incoherent. It's a team that isn't getting, it is not even half of the sum of its parts of what those parts are supposed to be on paper. And for some point guard play, it's a team that is young in all the worst ways. Um, It's, I would say, I think you can confidently say that, you know, some of the senior or the upperclassmen leadership that you'd be relying on someone like a Brandon Johns, who is a traitor um, and (laughs) uh, has not produced. And uh, again, all that said, none of that matters. It's going to be tight. (laughs) Yes. Always going to be tight. It's going to be stressful. uh, But you know, if Michigan state can get a victory, that is a, it, it is, it is a reason to feel really good, particularly that it's on the road. So um, cause they may not be having the season they want to be having, but they're, there's some talent on that floor to be clear. Um, so that's the nice thing I'll say about them. Um, Plum, you probably have lots of nice things you want to say about them. Yeah, go. I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I refuse to acknowledge my text messages. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> is there anything that we want to say about the game, the football game that they played as, as long as we're on the subject of, uh, I, I don't know who I just, I'm sorry to keep harping on the officials, but I will again. Uh, we had it bad. They had it just as bad. They did. In fact, the rules analyst kept interjecting to say, Nope, that's wrong. Nope. That he can't do that. I mean, it was like when your rules analyst is, is, publicly acknowledging the referee's failure. I think it was Bill Lamont. You're playing straight into the, their hands. Well, I mean, that, that, that the score says everything it needs to say about that, which is why you can't really blame the officials, but you can at least acknowledge when they horsed up, and they horsed up against Michigan for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, it's felt like um, the old Georgia uh, had a lot of opportunities to really put that one in the coffin and didn't take them. Yep. So... Except for that, um, but, that game was basically over in the. Oh yeah, but I mean, they could have. It it could have been worse. Sure, it could have been worse. Um, but no, I don't want to say anything about that game otherwise. Uh, other than it was, I had a great New Year's Eve. So, um, I had I, I had some nice champagne. I didn't have to watch it, which was nice. You know, I was able to check in every once in a while, but it didn't. Uh, it wasn't relevant to my. Are evening. you trying to? Are you trying to brag about not having COVID? Because I don't appreciate that right now. I was able to go outside. I was able to be around people. I was able to saber some bottles of uh, Champagne. I wish and, you'd saber uh, yourself. 
All right, let's head to Twitter questions. And uh, of course, if you want to interact, you can uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore Pod. You can find us on Instagram if you want to find us there uh, at Spartan underscore Pod. And you can always email us too. Can't read, can't write. Eighteen fifty five at gmail dot com. So wow, uh, throwing the email out on this one. Yeah, if you got a longer question, you want to do some segment fishing, you know. Um, who knows? Maybe we tighten Twitter questions up someday and just require <laughs> your best game and, you know, one question a person. Who knows? That could happen someday. Uh, but for today, we'll start with the tradition of three. And we'll start with Mike Jones. That is listener Mike Jones, who asks, Hauser with 17, 11, and three with zero turnovers versus high point. Plum, give me your thoughts on his performance. Ever since I made you say nice things about Joey, he's been playing solid, Averaging nineteen, I'm sorry, nine point eight points per game. Averaging good, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, he's clearly listening. Say more nice things, Joey Hauser. You're good at everything that you try. You've never been bad, and you've never <laughs> done poorly at anything. And I thank you for your skill and expertise at all good things that you always do for our team as a leader and effective player who is good. So many uses the word good. Uh, without K9, next up from Mike Jones, without K9 erasing bad calls this year on offense, was this a six, seven win team? I knew we would see a drop off in the running game, but I didn't think it would be non-existent. K9 is 6.2 yards per carry versus Pitt, versus Pitt's 1.6 yards per carry. Walker was easily the most valuable player on any team in the country this year. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with that last comment. Yeah. That's the truest statement on the planet. Um, I, I think this is probably like a seven, eight win team without Kenneth Walker. You guys think, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy that. Probably. Uh, and then finally for Mike Jones, how whistle bad whistle is whistle big whistle 10 whistle officiating. Basketball games aren't supposed to last longer than two hours. That was 220 plus. Ridiculous. Um, one of the things that always happens, and I, I'm using this, uh, I'm Mike Jones, I'm using your your question uh, for this platform. One of the things that always comes up in, in college basketball circles when there's a terrible game like this is, why don't we just adopt the women's approach of quarters um, and, and uh, um, you know, the plus minuses that reset at the end of each quarter. Um, there'd be fewer free throws. Uh, there'd be more play of your star players. Um, it's just, it just doesn't work currently. It's an unwatchable product. It was an unwatchable product today. And I thought some of the foul calls were also just like, like if no one watching the game and the players playing the game, weren't sure what it was, yeah. then it's not a foul. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I, and the the crazy thing is that I think it all started with the the flagrant that got called uh, when Joey got hit in the face, and it was they had to watch that and see there was no foul on Hauser, yet he got fouled. But they you know they got to keep the whistle, and yeah, then it just well, it devolved from there. Well, How about this they, thing where Chris Collins can just be like, I think maybe Bingham hit him in the face. And then we oh have to God. stop play for 10 minutes. Yeah, that that should be a technical foul on Collins. You know, you can't in soccer, anyone, you know, now that they've got the review, any player or coach who makes the 
the, the sign for this is like the referee makes like a rectangle with his arms or her arms big like in a big fashion this big rectangle and that's like a tv screen that they're showing and then that's the sign that the play is under review and if a player ever does that to the referee like asks the referee to go do that it's an immediate yellow card any pub, anyone that publicly does that gesture other than the referee gets a yellow card because it brings it, the game into disrepute you know that's but but to your point to your point there wasn't a foul against Joey. That was obvious. No. And, and, but they can't review it. He can't, there, that's not a reviewable thing. You can't review a subject. Uh, 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 he thought it was a foul the moment that he blew the whistle and he didn't even see and it. And he had to go and watch it. But, but, but that, that's it's like cool. a dog that peed on the rug. You put his nose in it. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and so he did look at it and he's like, Oh God, there wasn't a foul there. And so when they got in the huddle and those three referees were in a huddle for, I think 20 of the, the maybe that might've been the 20 minutes that we were over to the two hours <laughs> and, and they were giving him the business. They were like, you're a piece of shit. You know that bill, bill, you are a fucking dog. Did you, 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 you unbelievable son of a bitch. And he's like, I know guys, God, I, my wife, you know, my wife does. Was that bill Eck who made that call? Bill Eck is garbage and it could have been him. And you thought Bill Eck was bad. Chris Beaver is worse. I just want to let everybody just know. just making up names. I'm not. Chris Beaver point. was one of the, look him up. Chris Beaver was one of the referees. Was. He was the youngest guy out there. Chris Beaver has gone to the big dance or just the tournament. Six of the last seven years, he's never made it out of the first round. Half over half of those officials get voted on. And if you didn't do well in your first game, your first round game, you go home. You don't go into the next round. So he's like, there's like, a know, phantom tournament that happens under the, the big tournament. The, the, the referees are the ladies all, tournament. they're scored. They're rated. Right. And so if you don't have, if you don't perform, bye-bye. That's home. amazing. We should so, do a podcast on that, on performance of, of officials in the NCAA tournament. He, I feel like we're already having that right now. Um, <laughs> and, and we should be. And just so I know, you know, I'm just giving it to you, Jones, because you asked the, the my listener, Mike Jones, or yeah, because you asked the question. It was bad. And part of this is you get into this cyclical thing where as soon as you call one that's a little bit extra, it, you, you go over to the coach, he gives you the business, and then, of course, you're going to call the exact same thing. Basically, you're going to make it up. Makeup calls are a very real phenomenon. You know them empirically because you see them all the time. They just kept making them up, though. But the thing in basketball is, and what I what about makeup calls? Is in you know make believe? They're not make believe. <laughs> Every piece of contact in in college basketball can be a foul if you want it to. All of it's a foul, and and that's what I don't understand. You know about refereeing because you watch these games. There's contact all over the place. If you want to call it, you can call it. If you don't want to call it. You don't have to call it. And the great thing that used to be great about Big Ten basketball was they usually didn't call it. And we called it physicality, and we said, this is conference play. We're going to let them play. Today, they, they forgot that. And maybe they're used to the non-conference, and they kept it tighter. I don't know. But it was very Well, bad they today. did that to protect the beauty of the game, like in oh, the NBA. Sure. It was Wasn't so it ugly. the beauty of a game today? Next up, from Jonathan McCoy. Great. Plum, <laughs> have you considered your part in MSU football struggles? You need... You nearly attended the Purdue game when the players looked at you in the sta- looked for you in the stands to give them some life, and you weren't there. Then you couldn't make it to the Peach Bowl after trying. People are saying you're right. It's this is on me. If I just would follow through with my word and not get sick, I could I could make a difference in the life. It's of true, Jonathan. People are saying. I thought Jonathan McCoy had one other one with that stat um, block that got sent over. I didn't grab it. That's my bad. Okay. Sorry, Mr. McCoy. Uh, next up from Vodka Soda 19. Wow, I'm having a boy. Uh, congratulations. That's fantastic. 
Uh, which of you three would be the best namesake? I think we know what it is. Yeah, I don't even. I, I agree. I agree. We know. Baby Grooch. Yep. Um, I know that there's kind of already a Baby Grooch, but then to do, I mean, there should be extra Grooch. Grooch two extra Grooch Bugaloo. Two. Yep. Right. Uh, next up from Vodka Soda. Uh, if you had to be a fan of one team from each other conference, who would you be a fanboy for? Would they change for football versus basketball? Let's pick one. Do you guys have teams that you? sort of just sort of watch in other conferences? Uh, not really. Yeah, but I mean, no. I probably, I, I think I have to say Oregon would have to be one just for the gear. Yeah, dude. Sneakerhead over here. No, not the sneakers, just the rest of it. Um, I don't know, because like I don't really respect the ACC as a conference, and, and I know I just picked a Pac-12 team. I don't really respect them. Um, I guess because my dad grew up a Utah fan, mm. I kind of I'm I'm happy for them uh, when they do well. I don't have a specific program, but sometimes in years I'll pick a team that I kind of like um, or I'm int- intrigued by. Um, the best example I can think of of that is when um, Marquette did the five guard lineup. I watched a lot of that Marquette team that year because it just mm. was interesting to me. Sure. Um, so that's like the closest thing where if I he, hear a team's doing something interesting or there's a player that seems great, um, I'll kind of like keep an eye on them, um, which is also how I treat professional sports. I'm like, hey, where did my favorite Spartans go? And then I sort of pay attention to those teams because God knows I'm not watching the Lions. Yeah. Plum, what about you? Is there a, do you have an apple of your eye from another conference? No, I really don't. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Bama. <laughs> Are you just uh, the worst person? <laughs> it was it was Georgia. Georgia is the team. Gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, next up from Vodka Soda. After the passing of Betty White, it seems that the universally loved celebrity is quickly becoming a thing of the past. Of the few that are left, who is yours? Greg, do you have somebody? Um, Louis C.K. <laughs> oh my god uh kevin spacey uh, <laughs> plum who's yours oh my god i don't know probably robin williams <laughs> everyone's he's, either he, awful or dead or already, yeah <laughs> he's he's not left plum i don't yeah. know if you know how that works no, no i i think really the lesson that we should it's be taking Tom from Hanks, all of right? this vodka no, soda don't, is maybe, say, don't put that in the universe yeah maybe we just don't put actors up on pedestals like this how about that they get told what to say they get told where to stand they get told you know what to wear betty white was a pioneer we can we can give betty a lot of credit sure good for her i'm happy i'm happy for her long illustrious career and she was Uh, great in community uh uh last up from vodka soda 19 do you think that after a very un osu year osu had by their standards I guess OSU was bad by OSU standards, is what she's saying. Were they? That's what she's saying. Uh, combined with the great years by other schools, uh, that will only benefit the recruiting ability of the rest of the conference, as well as uh, start to finally not make it a runaway for them every year, them being Ohio State every year. So uh, does OSU having a down year and the rest of the Big Ten doing well equalize things? I mean, the um, fact that OSU's down year very much looks, in the end, Good. As good or better than all the other teams. Also, notably, uh, OSU uh, did lose the Big Ten several years 
to another school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that then went on to win the Big Ten. Yeah, I seem to recall that OSU has lost Big Ten championship games to other schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird. So uh, I, I think um, uh, I think there's maybe some some national media blowing up uh, the the dialogue there for you on what on what this all means. OSU has not won the Big Ten before. Um, and they will not win it again. So, uh, but I don't know that that stops the death star of their recruiting machine. Yeah. The problem, the problem is they're still going to get who they want to get. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. But Penn state of all programs, this I'll never understand is on a real recruiting role. And in some like performed about as well in recruiting over the last couple of years as Ohio state did. Right. On yeah, paper. the problem is they only coach three quarters. Yeah, the problem the problem is the guy that they just extended <laughs> is bad. Um, but, you know, uh, some say Ryan Day doesn't care about defense. So, uh, TBD. Uh, next up, the Shark Vert, uh, a.k.a. Shardy wants to know. Uh, Don't tell asks, I need a receipt-pulling type bold prediction about MSU Sports from you guys to start out the new year. I will revisit it. The last week of 2022, what you got? Greg, Plum, Plum, you first. What do you got? <laughs> Bold prediction. Greg took a breath, and I knew he was ready to fire on this one. <laughs> That's mean. You should just let him go for it. But if I nope. make a bold prediction, Hold it's it. that Bryce Berenger will be a Heisman finalist in 2022. <laughs> I love it. Greg, what do you got? I was going to call it Shardy because these two things are in conflict. You want us to make a bold prediction on one hand, but then you also want to put us on the record on the other. Those are offsetting, you know, incentives, AK Shardy. Um, but I mean, if I, w- if I was going to go on the record with anything, it would be the team, the football team overall will be better, but the record will be worse. Mm, that's bold. Bold of you. Bold. How, how you so brave. What about you? What do what? This is a final four team. All right. That's what the AK Shardy wanted. Uh, next up, prop of the week from Anthony Shavert. Uh MSU seeds in the MSU seed in the NCAA tournament versus number of players taken in the NFL draft this year from MSU over under 2.5. This is good. Uh, he does it again. Well, the man does it again. We know Jarvis is leaving. Beasley's gone. I don't think Beasley gets drafted, though. Um, Kenneth Walker. Well, yeah, I mean, I, Ken, yes, Kenneth Walker. Um, uh, and I don't know that we don't know if X is going yet or not. Yeah, I don't know that X would get taken in the in the draft. Yeah, there's. I don't think that matters in this conversation. Uh, I. I'm saying. Over on seed, under on draft year, drafts. Firmly complete opposite. You think this is a two or one seed team? Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, when I said over, I meant like, I meant it as in they're going to be a two seed. Yeah. That's how I meant it. That's how I hmm. They're a two seed. So, two seed. So, I guess technically under, under then. Um, I'm going to take the really pessimistic view of this. Uh, I'm going to say fewer than two and a half players selected in the NFL draft. And I think this is a three or four seed. I I don't think that reflects necessarily what they can do in the tournament, but three or four seed next up one win, baby. 
next up from John Hubbard. Uh, now that the football season is officially in the books, what's your suggestion for next year's slogan to replace Tuck Cutman, which is not getting replaced, by the way? Yeah, I don't. I refuse to acknowledge this question. Next question. <laughs> Thank goodness Thorne wasn't benched, right, Plum? <laughs> <laughs> it turns out. It turns out that's right. But because the tweet was deleted, I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. <laughs> And finally, from John Hubbard, guys, Dabo is a wash in Cheez-Its. That other coach, that other coach, slimed by mayo. (laughs) What non-beverage grocery item would you choose to have dumped over you? Uh, Grape Poupon. Give me that Grape Poupon. Plum, what was that uh, champagne that you had for uh, for, uh, non-beverage? Gotta be oh, Clico, man. Gotta oh, be. That's what I had. Move Clico. Oh my God! The two of you were. I'm out here sabering bottles, but you two are bougier somehow. Um, yeah. Did you think sabering made you bougie? Yeah, I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> also, we got into the we got into the scotch. We got into the single malts a little bit oh. as well. Um, anyway, um, I would take uh, shower me in. Uh, little Debbie snack cakes. I don't know. I don't. They're know not owned by Kellogg, are they? No. Okay, good. Of course not. Uh, not a monster, Michael. Next up, C. Rob, then Apple. Uh, is this a first time questioner? Might be. All right. Hey. All right. Uh, will the Izzo squad make a serious run in the tournament? I've already answered this question. Do you guys have a different take? No, I, I said that they they could be playing in that regional final very easily. Yes, sir. Plum, you normally uh, will you give the grace to Michigan State that you normally give to Michigan? Sure, we're gonna win it all. All right, <laughs> I love it. Next up, the Upper Deck Jerk guy. Will Bingham ever see a triple double this year with ten blocks? The problem is, like, what's the third category going to be? Um, points and rebounds. Obviously. Oh, good point. Yeah, with ten blocks. Okay. Uh, no, I mean. I think you got to look at the Nebraska game if it's going to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, right? I like uh, this next one. If Plum get COVID, and I don't know why I listened to his advice on the matter. <laughs> no, you read it wrong. Try it again. If Plum got COVID, I don't know why I would no, no, listen. No. I, if Plum got COVID and I didn't, why would I listen ah, to his advice on the matter? Or, we or, need some punctuation in there. Yeah, really account. on brand, though, for the podcast. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I'm a doctor guy. That is, that is Trump voting logic right there. Well done. You, you got it. The reason is because I didn't go to the hospital and I didn't die. So it's the, it's the, uh, it's that he didn't take his invermectin. I should have. People are saying plum. People are saying. saying. Actually, you know, now that we both had COVID, I think plum, you and I can go full Joe Rogan on this. Yeah, dude. If you have a Spotify boosted, deal coming our way, I'm going to buy a horse. <laughs> Just you guys need more elk meat and you're there. Um, yeah. <laughs> finally, from the upper deck jerk guy, how long till Tuck gets his first Big Ten championship? Ooh, I think uh, I'm, I'm saying two, two more years. I think it's a perfect time. Not this season, not this upcoming season, but the following. Um, yeah, because uh, it's a if, good time if, on the schedule and you have a senior quarterback. And that gen tends to mean good things. And if Berger ends up being a pretty good running back, um, we've got him for more years. So, you know, you potentially have a two year running back uh, as well. 
next up, wide receiver to combo guard asks, seeing Thorne's first half in the Peach uh, Peach Bowl, would you want another quarterback portal pickup? Will will Hampfey or Noah Kim uh, go to the portal before the spring game? Uh, and it was clarified that he's not necessarily saying that Thorne needs to be replaced, but that he needs someone pushing behind him. An Anthony Russo type kick in the ass is what he's saying. Or we need something more certain behind him just in case. Is the is the implication behind that that he's that he can't push himself hard enough? I mean, at this point, he is his own. He he set some records this season, right? I mean, he's 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 got yeah, his own he's, records to beat. He's outpacing. Uh, he outpaced Kirk but, Cousins on some things. Yeah, yeah, but again, that's a function of the game changing. Yeah, I, Fine. I, I, I will say this. I think the staff, uh, probably knows whether Noah Kim is an adequate backup or not. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I, whether Hamp face the dude or if Hauser coming in is, ends up being someone who, who sees travel time. I don't know, but they may say we're good. There are actual limits to how many guys you can take in the portal. And I'm not sure that we want to use one of those spots. I'd agree with in that. In the quarterback room. Yeah. Uh, next up from Nate C. How back is Michigan, eh? Uh, more back than Texas, <laughs> but <laughs> less less back than they think. More back than all the other times they've told us that we're back, but not back. I mean, but in some ways, actually back. Because this is better. These are better outcomes than the program usually has so as far as the program goes this is better than usual as far as their own mythology of themselves that doesn't even matter at all yeah i think you you need to start stringing together historical data to be back and Mm -hmm. uh and they have one season um which can be chalked up as an anomaly until proven otherwise so next up from rebecca from r sawyer uh, after being back, speaking of back, uh, in the mitten for the holidays, I have to ask, what the hell, Michigan? Where are your masks? I think you're in the wrong part of the mitten. Uh, up here in East Lansing, people are doing a pretty good job of being masked up, in my experience, when I do when I go out. Plum, what are you seeing? No, I mean, in Plum's not been seeing it, anything. Uh, it's 50-50 at best. A lot of people, no masks. Folks got complacent. I don't think people have a really good appreciation for how quickly moving this Omicron thing is. I, I, I feel like at least out where I am and I'm not in Michigan and, but we do a pretty okay job masking out here. And, um, a lot of people got it this past two weeks. It, it, I mean, my kid's daycare is shut down for extra days plus reduced hours because the staff is so infected. So plum it, Good opportunity. Are we revisiting the whole idea of cloth masks, cloth and reusable masks? Like, do we have to start seriously looking at more medical grade type equipment when we're going out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a function of like where you're going to be and what you're doing. So if you're just at a grocery store or something, any kind of mask, any any kind of mask is going to work because you're not there for very long. Um you're moving through pretty quickly. It's it's when you're going to be in an office setting, a congregate care setting, somewhere where you're going to be for a longer time. 
um, you know, like a dinner party, you're in closer proximity to folks for a longer amount of time. That's where if you have a K, you know, KN95 or even a medical grade sure. mask, it's it's smarter to wear that as opposed to something cloth. Um, KN95s, I feel, are super comfortable, too. Yeah, I mean, because I, I know a lot of N95s are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's, you know, even on a plane, frankly, on planes, any kind of mask is better than nothing. Um, and I know they're required, but I'm just saying like, we're not seeing high rates of transmission. And that is largely because folks are required to mask and because they have excellent filtration systems. Um, yeah. I'm betting and, all of the, you know, staff, uh, in airlines that are getting COVID, it's not from their time on the flight itself. Right. It's from their time, you know, in hub airports and those yep. types of things. Airport and with each other in staff lounges and going right. out, being at hotels, interacting with, you know, there's a thousand touch points. Um, next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, uh, even if this game was a turd, <laughs> I don't think all MSU football momentum would have been derailed. Do you? To me, Thorne looked out of sorts, but not bad. The same with the receivers. We already know that Tucker has the talent coming. I, we kind of been talking about this. I agree with this statement entirely. Yeah, I, I think the, I don't think it would have been derailed and all the momentum would have been derailed. I think the thing that would have been disappointing was to see the offense sputter like it had for much of the game. Mm-hmm. That would have, I, I think that would have triggered something in, in MSU fans of like, oh God, it truly is still bad. And it was just Kenneth Walker being amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I think that's a, the fear. That's the fear. Well, I think there's a lot to be encouraged about with this team and this program moving forward. Next question from Mr. Neurotic Pants. Uh, does Connor Hayward get a shot in the NFL? Uh, I don't think I, so. I bet you he makes a squad. He's, I don't think he gets drafted. Yeah, I don't. That's, but yeah, I, that's it. That's it. That, yep, that's it. He's got some stuff going for him. He's got the pedigree, and that really matters in the NFL. Um, I think he's he going to special get, teams. He's going to get an opportunity. I don't know if we're going to see him in an NFL uniform. Yeah. Um, next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, can we make the distinction between statistically worst pass defense and actually worst pass defense? This pass defense has come up with knockout blow interceptions throughout the season. Bend no break, baby. Right? Covered that. Yeah. Uh, I I have been a defender, but I, I still would say you still don't want to be last. If you're if you're a top 12 team, you shouldn't be last in, in any <laughs> any statistical category. But, Especially but a cl- huge one like that. Yeah, but clearly we weren't the worst pass defense, but it you know, uh it's still you don't want that. You don't want that. Mm-mm. Uh cuz Pitt had an excellent run defense and we I used to say, well they just had to throw on us all the time. Well, they had to do that against Pitt too and <laughs> they didn't have the worst. So and finally, this week on the D'Antonio Show, Coach D is spotted tasing Coughlin after the game, saying, I know it's hard to hear, but it's time to move on. <laughs> D'Antonio reveals that he was paid a consultation fee by the Georgia Bulldogs. Quote, Can you imagine if those assholes down the road won? And Tuck investigates lighting options. <laughs> What's that a reference to? Uh, I assume that's just... Um, uh, you know, for on camera stuff, you know, gotcha. I continue. And I want to bring this up every time I continue to truly appreciate how big a part of this program D'Antonio is loved seeing him there. 
loved I love having him around. Yeah. Um he I love having threading that needle very well. Very well. I love having this this weekly show that we can revisit and and enjoy. Um but it 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 tells me like not just the program overall but like the athletic program generally very strong very very yeah. strong my maple leaf is up next 2022 number greg greg 2022 number one reed and thorn friends since middle school and re-quoted oh, really? with <laughs> quote i was trying to make uh, trying my best to make sure he that is thorn wasn't getting discouraged or anything like that i was picking his head up when it was down end quote uh, what did you say to help each other through last week's COVID's bouts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Grooch, what did you say to us to encourage I, us in our time? What, well, what I did, I thought it would be best if I showed you all the great things of life outside of COVID mm-hmm. so that you had something to look forward to. So I would keep you up to date with all the things going on in my life, going to places, having fun with friends, sabering champagne bottles. Um to to keep 2022 number up. two let's face <laughs> it we are now used to canceled sports events and games with makeup dates and more are you though good with your local are you though good with your local businesses restaurants and more closing for staffing and supply issues or will you go all capitalistic and demand the old system of open 24/7 does my maple leaf lived in new york city or something yeah. i don't know what this is um i I mean, you don't have a choice, right? If these places are closing, that's that. I mean, I I mean, like I don't know that one has to do with the other. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that. Um, and and frankly, um, you know, sporting games and events with makeup dates and more, uh, those things help support local economies. Uh, if we care about that, but um, you know, if you're asking me whether I think we as a country could have done more to support people and businesses Then the answer would be yes. I think we absolutely could have mm-hmm. uh, last from a Maple Leaf 2022. Number three, what new year's resolutions will you assign to yourself? Then one to each other of the two co-hosts. Um, oh, plum dig uh, a learn a new skill or hobby B spend more time with family and friends and C get organized. I will say my Maple Leaf. I don't do resolutions. I do intentions, but uh, Greg, uh, what are you taking for yourself and what are you assigning? Uh, I'm going to take a, a new skill or hobby, um, to be determined. And I'm going to assign, get organized. You two louts. Come on. You got a podcast to run here. Let's bring it together. It's been rough for the last plum. week. Plum, honestly, that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Plum, uh, what uh, what do you got? Uh, uh, Great. Uh, this is excellent <laughs> podcasting. Next up is Carl, you do too much, bro. How much better is NCAA hoops without Dan Dakich's smarmy, faux old school, quote, the way the game should be played bullshit on the broadcast? <laughs> The, the sport is better off without Dan Dockage. It is. As much as I complained today, imagine if Dan Dockage had been on the call instead of Robbie Hummel. I actually thought Hummel was okay. Yeah, like I said, I started liking him, and I don't want to do that under any circumstances. Uh, what's the uh, His voice, though, reminds me of Jake, uh, Jay Billis a lot. And I, always, I was like, why is Jay Billis doing a Big Ten Network game? 
Well, he's probably watching just as much tape on Jay Billis doing color commentary as he is yes. on, you know, his upcoming games, uh, yeah. trying to get that game up. Uh, next up, uh, Dan Hellpepper. How glad are you that Carl, Kyle Whittingham uh, won't ever coach Michigan State? I don't know who Kyle Whittingham is. I would Football coach. And it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. This will, uh, this will come back around on you, Dan Hellpepper. Uh, uh, Plum, better unjustly hated to beloved arc, Connor Hayward or Kenny Goins? Ooh. Ooh. Is it unjustly hated, it's Dan Hellpepper? That's a fair point. I mean, I mean, Connor did enter the transfer portal. Yeah, I it would. I, I'm just speaking facts, and did tweet out something kind of smarmy while we were losing. Mm-hmm. So, but Kenny was bad. <laughs> but that shot by Kenny to beat Duke or to oh. go up on Duke. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for Connor to do something like that. I mean, he he did. He had that. He had a touchdown Big snag touchdown. in the Peach Bowl, and yeah. uh, had a touchdown against Michigan last year. Yep. Um, big touchdown last year. It's um, it's tough here. I'm going to take Kenny in this position, yeah, though. Definitely Kenny. I mean, but Connor's beloved by this podcast. Podcast and has never said a bad thing about Connor. No. So. Um. Uh, last from Dan Hellpepper and to close out our Twitter questions, are you as excited by the big, the big tennis change? It's forfeit rules, uh, uh, making COVID pause gamesmanship possible again, as Juwan loves it. The program seems to love it. Um, uh, so for folks who don't know going into the season, the big tenant said that if you miss games because of COVID, uh, that's on you and you forfeit the game. Uh, and now they've revisited that rule because I, in, in only the way that could be sensical uh, to say that there's not morality in getting COVID at this point in time. Um, and so uh, it's, it's just a no, no contest or to be rescheduled for people who missed that announcement because we didn't cover it last week. Um, Plum, I, I guess I, I'm curious because that policy originally seemed a lot about getting people to get vaccinated. Um, do you think that was a bit of unfair morality sort of in, interjected into getting COVID? Yeah. I mean, for the, to the point that like you can get it, you can be vaccinated and boosted and get it, you know? So I think that's the trick, but I think when that rule was put in, I, there was a, you know, it was, it was a lot less known. And um, I don't, do you think it was as much about that as much about encouraging vaccines? Well, I think it wasn't about encouraging vaccines, but the point being that, like, yeah. that doesn't matter. You can still get COVID and you would still have to sit out. Yeah. So, I mean, was it ever fair or reasonable to say, oh, you forfeit the game because you got COVID? I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Dan, I love the dig at Juwan. Love it. And actually, if you want to really dig at Michigan, you should dig at their hockey team. Yeah. Every <laughs> one of the three major men's sports at the university of Michigan has had some, uh, some shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure that they're operating in good faith on this whole thing. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes I wish Tom would operate with a little less good faith. Uh, if we'd lost that high point game and he could have chosen to not play it, boy. <laughs> uh, all right. That'll do it for Twitter questions. The one thing we didn't talk about that I just wanted to say is, uh, you know, Pitt's quarterback, second string quarterback, went down with an injury. Uh, 
what was it today? Yesterday, Matt Corral from Ole Miss went out with a huge injury, choosing not to sit out his bowl game. Um, uh, Kirk Herbstreet said something super dumb, saying that players just don't love the game as much anymore when they're opting out of bowl games. And I just wanted to say, Ken Walker, I'm super happy you sat out of the bowl game. <laughs> and and that uh, I, any player who wants to sit out, I'm totally fine with. We've already covered that. But we saw it happen in real life, and that was... Uh, a bummer to see so especially uh, when now with the college football playoff as we kind of experienced with this peach bowl like the other bowls just don't matter as much as they used to no. at all you can make the argument that maybe that none of them ever mattered unless you were in contention to get that final ap number one ranking but i yeah. mean honestly it, the sport has decided to devalue all of those other postseason games so substantially. And this is just one of the outcomes. And th- there's a lot in college sports that wants to have its cake and eat it too. Um, extending the lengths of games and then, you know, complaining that fans don't want to show up and buy tickets so that they can sell more ad time, you know, that kind of stuff. Um you know, spending tons of money on facilities and, and coaching salaries and then being a little upset with players when they're like, what about us? Where's our scratch and all of this? Like yeah. that when you make decisions like that, there are repercussions. And this is another case where the older generation of football guys are like back in my day. Well, it's different now. There are different circumstances. And Herb Street, you're a part of that. And also, frankly, your Botox is a little out of control right now and you look like a chipmunk. <laughs> I also, you know, for everyone who's, you know, because a lot of the dialogue has shifted to like, well, expand the playoff and, pl- and players will play. And I'd still say, well, that's still a fucking bummer for Matt Corral, mm-hmm. right? Like that doesn't make it better that he just lost millions of dollars for what? So anyway, just something for people to stew on. Um, but either way, uh, I would say this is uh, the most complaining we've done about three W's in a week. And I want to say I'm proud of us. <laughs> it's true. Maybe so, this is the time that we truly elevate Plum to host. Because I think the podcast ooh. really took on his personality this week. It's more his podcast than ours now. Yes. Uh, is there anything you want to say about that, Alex? Um, I'd welcome I'd welcome an update to the uh, to the Twitter account as Mama Mamopoli is <laughs> prudently pointed out. Uh, this is uh, truly shameful, shameful conduct I've been put through. Plum, twenty twenty two might be looking up for you. TBD. Uh, we'll revisit at your next performance review. Until uh, <laughs> then, gentlemen, a very merry, happy New Year, and a resounding go green, go white. Go away, gentlemen.